Chapter 10, Run, Woman, Run. So what are you going to do, Mom? Amanda asked as she drove up I-91 toward Bradley Airport in Hartford early on the Monday after Yukon's spring break. Jamie had taken her own break as well as a week off to spend some extra time there. Her students hadn't minded having a library week, and she'd spent the time planning the logistics of a move and trying to finally decide for sure if it was a move she should make. Huh? Jamie said, gazing out the window. Only in Connecticut, she thought, would you still see a trace of snow on the ground in April. She remembered their first winter here. She'd bought a sleeveless Easter dress, as she did every year in Alabama, only to have it snow six inches the Saturday before. She'd put it on, bundled a coat over it, and wore it anyway. She and Hank only went to church on Christmas and Easter, and she didn't want to waste the dress, she remembered, chuckling. Mom, Amanda said again, you with me? Oh, I'm sorry, honey, she said. I was just thinking about Connecticut and how different it is than Alabama. Well, are you moving back up here or not? Jamie gazed at her daughter for a moment. Not. Amanda grinned. It's Webb, isn't it? Is it that obvious? Jamie asked. To me it is, but I know you pretty well. This still feels a little awkward to talk about with you. Do you feel weird about it? Because of Dad? Yeah, and because I'm not sure you want to picture your ancient mother dating anyone. Amanda kept one hand on the wheel, reached over, and grabbed her mother's left hand with her right. No, it actually doesn't feel weird, not at all. Mom, you've been my biggest cheerleader every step of the way, in everything. You've never asked anything of anybody else in your entire life. I saw how hard you worked all those years when you went back to school and you were teaching and freelancing and taking care of me. Dad was traveling so much with work and you were just everything. You saw all that, Jamie asked. I saw all that. I have seen how hard you've worked. And I want you to have something good in your life, really good. And Webb is a really good guy. Now go back to Alabama and get him, you gorgeous girl. (laughs) Well, Jamie laughed. We still have some things to work out. If he's the guy I think he is, he'll do whatever it takes to work things out with you. Hey, how do you get so smart anyway? Jamie asked. Oh, I get it from my mama, Amanda said in a heavy southern accent as they pulled into the drop-off area. They both laughed as they got out of the car to grab Jamie's bags. She pulled her daughter to her in a fierce hug adjusted Amanda's sweater, and flipped the bangs out of her eyes like she did every time they got a little too long. This part, um, actually does feel weird, but I'm going to ask you anyway, Amanda continued. Would you want me to pray about it for you? Jamie raised her eyebrows. It was a question her daughter had never asked. Yeah, I'd like that a lot, but where in the world did that come from? Lacey and I have been talking about God and prayer and things like that. I know growing up, we mostly only went to church on Christmas and Easter, but it's a bigger deal for her. So since we're friends, and we're only friends for the record, but I kind of wanted to hear more about her faith and understand where she's coming from on everything. I have to say, it's um, surprisingly compelling. Yeah, it really is, Jamie smiled. Maybe you won't mind if I pray for you too then? No, I don't mind that at all, Amanda replied. Jamie was surprised to see her daughter blinking back tears, and they hugged again. You be careful driving back, Jamie said, and text me when you get home, okay? Amanda nodded. Of course. I love you, Mom. I love you too, light of my life.
Jamie checked in, got a cup of coffee, and sat at her terminal. She glanced at her watch and realized she had another half hour before they started boarding. She opened her tablet and scrolled through her email, opening one from Tanner. Our second faculty sponsor had a family emergency and dropped out for the Freeman. Any chance you'd like to go to Europe with me this summer? Jamie had been ecstatic when Lacey had messaged the night before with the news about her acceptance into the Freeman program. She congratulated Lacey, then started another text to ask her how Webb was doing, but couldn't quite make herself press send on it. Jamie took a sip of coffee and considered Europe in the summer. The last thing she wanted was to be away from Webb, she thought, biting her lip, but it could also give him more space if he needed it. She tried not to remember that night, his hands running through her hair, drinking in his kisses like she was dying of thirst, his long body stretched next to hers, waking up beside him and feeling like she'd done that every day of her life. She shook her head firmly, no sense dwelling on what might just be a memory if he couldn't let himself be with her. I'm in, she replied to Tanner, redirecting her attention to her email. My flight should arrive in time for class this afternoon, but stall for me if I'm late. She answered a few more emails, closed her tablet, and took another sip of coffee. God, she prayed, will you give me wisdom on how to handle this with Webb? Help me take it at your pace. I'm trying to be patient with your timing, but I don't want to lose him. If you can help him forgive himself and bring us together, I'd be grateful, really grateful. But I can't make it happen on my own. I'm depending on you. Running this at your pace, okay? I need you more than I need him, so whatever your answer is, I'll accept it. Webb's alarm had gone off as normal at 5.30 that Monday morning. Even though it had been almost a month since they'd run together, he'd been hoping he'd see Jamie somewhere around town, but the mockingbirds were the only ones awake as early as he was. After he ran, showered, and dressed, he started to head to his office but looked out the back window toward her house. He knew he'd been the one to push her away, but he was starting to wonder if she really didn't have feelings for him after all. After he'd sent her the text about Lacey and not seeing each other, he had half expected her to show up at the hospital asking what in the world was the matter with him. All he got back was an okay then. He knew Lacey had told her about the Freeman Award, but he hadn't heard anything from her. Was it possible their night together hadn't meant the same to her as it did to him? Surely not. He couldn't forget how her arms felt wrapped around his shoulders, how she'd murmured yes when his lips had grazed her neck, how she'd told him she loved him. Her smile when she woke that morning and saw him next to her, surely she hadn't just gotten caught up in the moment, surely it wasn't just one night. He needed to know the truth, and they needed to talk. He pulled up his calendar on his phone. No appointments until this afternoon, he murmured. Maybe we could have lunch. He paced around the house for a minute, then went outside. He looked at the mailbox and smiled to see his bright pink peonies had bloomed early. They were always so cheerful. He cut a few of them, went back inside, and put them in a white milk glass vase. Then before he could change his mind, he got in his truck and headed across the bridge to the college. It had been at least a year since he'd been on campus and it really was pretty in the spring, he thought. Dogwoods lined the main street into campus, and lush magnolia trees filled the quad. He spotted the fountain outside the communications building, surrounded by tables packed with studying students, and he remembered Lacey had mentioned at one point that Jamie's office was on the third floor. His heart pounding louder with each step, 
He navigated through the narrow halls, past classrooms and students sprawled on couches, until he found her closed office door. He knocked and waited. No answer. You're looking for Jamie, a voice asked behind him. He turned and saw a man about his age with a blindingly white grin. His hair looked like he'd worked an hour on it to make it seem messy. Yeah, actually I am, Webb replied. Have you seen her around? Not yet. I'm expecting her back from Connecticut today. I'm Tanner Phillips, by the way. He extended his hand. Oh, this is the guy, Webb thought. Webb Brock, he said, returning the handshake more firmly than he usually would. Tanner glanced at the flowers in Webb's hand. Right, Webb. I can give her a message if you like. Wait, did you say she was in Connecticut? Yeah, she's been up there a couple of weeks, but she should be back tonight. Tanner paused, turned his head, then leaned closer and raised his eyebrows. I'm going to take her to dinner. We've decided to go to Europe this summer, and I've been trying to convince her to stick around here for next year, too. Sometimes women need a little extra persuading. You know how it goes. Hi, Dr. Phillips, a voice called. A girl with long blonde hair, wearing a sorority shirt and short shorts walked by, and Tanner turned and grinned at her, his eyes running up and down her legs. Hey, Tiffany, he said. Stop by my office later today. He turned back to Webb, whose head was suddenly throbbing, and winked. Former student of mine, he said. She's graduating this semester, so I'm helping her out with a few things. What does Jamie see in this guy? he thought. Okay, so Webb struggled to put a sentence together. Oh, yeah, Jamie. She went to Connecticut for a couple of weeks to take care of some stuff. I've actually been worried she's going to move back there. The students have loved having her here this year, and she's taken a lot off my plate. It would be helpful to me to have her stay. He trailed off as another student walked by, then turned back to Webb. I need to go. Nice to meet you. Maybe Jamie and I will see you around sometime. Webb nodded. Yeah, um, maybe so. He felt his throat closing as he, in a daze, retraced his route through the halls, got into his truck, and put the peonies on the seat beside him. His head still pounding, he leaned back against the headrest. Connecticut? Europe? He thought. Did she come back to be with this guy? Maybe that's why my ending things didn't bother her. Maybe it was just one night. Maybe she did just get caught up. Guess I need to let this go. Let her go like I always have. God, he prayed. I'm so confused. I feel like I've messed this all up again. Can you give me a sign if this is the right thing? Just help me know if she loves me as much as I love her, or if I've been a complete idiot this whole time. After a three-hour flight, a two-hour drive, and a one-hour class, Jamie walked in the door feeling like her legs would give out any minute. I've been letting myself slack off on the running these last few weeks, she thought, wondering if Webb was still keeping the same schedule in the mornings. Gotta toughen up again. She let an ecstatic George outside and started looking through the cabinet to see if there was anything left that would work for supper when she got a text from Libby. Can you come over? We've moved our meeting to Monday this week. Jamie sighed and plopped on the couch, propping her feet on the coffee table. Just walked in the door and I'm beat, she messaged back. Can I beg off tonight? Is that the thank you I get for watching your old dog for the last two weeks? Libby's text shot back. Jamie laughed. She knew better than to argue with Libby. Okay, okay, she messaged. See you in a bit. Another message came in from Tanner. 
Sorry I missed you today. You free for dinner? We could discuss your contract and whether we want one room or two this summer. She stood, put her shoes back on, and picked up the contract she'd been reading through for weeks. Biting her lip, she flipped to the last page, said one more quick prayer, signed her name, then messaged Tanner. Separate rooms this summer, not free for dinner, but you can get the signed contract yourself if you'll meet me in an hour. She texted Libby's address to Tanner, then smiled apologetically at George. I know I just got home, buddy, she said, but I'll be back soon. Here's an extra treat, and I promise to make up for it with a long walk tomorrow. He whined, but settled on the kitchen floor, and she gave him a thorough scratch behind the ears. Good old fellow, she murmured. She glanced in the mirror on the way out, smoothed her ponytail back, and prayed, God, remember I'm counting on you because I can't do this one myself. You're a pace, okay? I'm taking this all at your pace. She was getting to where she really enjoyed the feeling of peace washing over her heart when she prayed. She bit her lip, failing to hold back a grin, grabbed the contract, and headed to Libby's house. Welcome home, Jamie Romans. Well, ladies, Libby said as Jamie, the last one to arrive, entered the sunroom. We've spent two weeks talking about theology and doctrine, looking at every Bible passage we could find and every translation out there, and reading through how many commentaries? No fewer than 250, Rosemarie said dryly. Or at least as many as Melody could find for us at the library, Libby laughed. Anyway, we've talked all about the issue of people who claim Christ and who are also gay. So, thought perhaps tonight it might be nice to hear from someone who's walking through that personally. Help us remember this is not just an issue we're discussing. There are always people behind an issue. Jamie looked at her in surprise and glanced at Lacey, who was sitting next to Libby. Libby gave her a small smile in return, then squeezed Lacey's hand. Now, she continued, even after all this study, we've come to at least three different conclusions in this room alone. That's okay. Christians can disagree, especially about secondary issues. I know a couple of y'all still frown on my having a cocktail now and then. Or every night, Martha Ann elbowed her. Oh, hush. Anyway, this is not an issue that determines our salvation, but it is one that can get pretty heated. So what are our rules again? No name-calling, Patty said. No cursing, Martha Ann weighed in. And no canceling, Rosemarie finished. Libby grinned. There was a reason these women were her lifelong friends. Agreed? She asked, looking at Monica, Beth, Jeanette, and Jamie, who nodded as well. Okay, then, she continued. Remember, we can disagree about the doctrine, but at the end of the discussion, we still love each other. Lacey, darling, you ready? Libby said a quick prayer, sat back, and listened as her granddaughter shared with the room of women how she'd struggled, prayed, and what conclusions she had come to regarding her own faith. Libby knew what each woman there believed and that Lacey's story wasn't likely to change those beliefs, but she wanted them to hear what her baby girl was ready to share. As Lacey finished, Libby took a deep breath and looked around the room. Not a dry eye. Okay, Libby exhaled. Well, like I said, we can continue to debate the issue another time. We've already talked it every which way until Sunday, but what I really want to know tonight is how we're going to apply it. Romans 14. The difference of opinions. Paul talks about, for instance, how does that difference of opinions play out when this is public knowledge and my granddaughter shows up at our church? Everyone was silent for a moment. 
Then Patty stood and walked across the room. Libby took Lacey's hand as Patty perched in front of them. Lacey, I brought your mama and daddy a casserole when you were born. I cross-stitched the dress you wore when you came to the nursery the first time. I taught you in Sunday school in the second grade, and you had perfect attendance that year, if I recall. I love you. And I also have to be faithful to my own conscience, my own understanding of Scripture. I do not agree with your conclusion on this. I do not see it the same way you do. I am worried for you. Libby held her breath. But anywhere I am, you are always welcome, Patty continued. You hear me? Anywhere. You will always be under my wing. And mine, Rosemary said. And mine, Martha Ann agreed. Jamie stood and put her hands on Lacey's shoulders. And just in case it doesn't go without saying, mine too, Jamie said. Thank you, Lacey said, wiping her own tears away. It means the world to me, Miss Patty, and that's enough for me right now. I don't know if I'll always, I mean, even though I don't think I'll change, my understanding of things might change too at some point, if that makes sense. That's okay, Patty said. Mine might too. Goodness, if our beliefs don't change at all on anything over the years, I don't think we're growing. So whether you change your mind on any part of this or not, whatever direction you go, I consider that the Lord's business with you, not mine. My business is to love you as much as I always have. Exactly, Libby said. We trust God to teach us, and as we change, no matter how we change, we love each other. She turned to Monica, Beth, and Jeanette. What about y'all? Libby asked. You know, a lot of times we think just because you're younger than us old ladies, your beliefs are going to fall a certain way, but I know after our discussions that's not true, so how are y'all doing with this? How do you think the Lord is leading you? To her surprise, Monica started to cry. I have to say, she said, like, Patty, I don't agree with your conclusion on this, Lacey, and I still think the way I'm interpreting the Bible is right, but my brother... Her voice broke and she began to cry harder. Rosemary walked to her and put her arm around Monica's shoulders. My brother is gay, Monica continued, and we haven't spoken in almost a year. He doesn't know the Lord, and this makes me think I need to prioritize our relationship over being right. Figure out how to do that, and this discussion has given me some ideas of how to open things up and try again with him. Prioritize the relationship over being right, Libby said. That's a good word, Monica. She looked around the room and continued, And I'm not foolish. I know the way this conversation has gone tonight might be the ideal. Some are going to be harder, meaner, less neatly resolved, or not resolved at all. But why not shoot for the ideal, huh? Our friendship has always been full of grace, right, ladies? Martha Ann, Patty, and Rosemary laughed. Grace upon grace, Martha Ann said. Upon grace, Rosemary agreed, rolling her eyes and shaking her head. They all laughed again, then Libby exhaled heavily and glanced at Jamie. One down, one to go, she thought. She turned back to her granddaughter, and Lacey gave her a hug before heading out. Then the rest of the women stood and filed into the kitchen to get snacks, while Jamie continued to sip on her drink and stare out the window. Heard anything from him? Libby asked. Jamie shook her head. It's going to be okay, sweet. It really is. Trust me. I sent him to the beach for a couple of weeks while you were gone to give him the chance to sort things out with God. Jamie shook her head again. 
I'm starting to think I might have misunderstood his feelings, Libby. I don't know if he really... Hush now. Even a dog knows the difference between being stumbled over and being kicked, and you were stumbled over. Thanks, Jamie laughed, but I've been kicked plenty too. Not by Webb, I trust. No, she shook her head. Hank. I never told anyone, but things had gotten pretty dismal between us. Over the years, he slept his way up and down the East Coast. I had plenty of suspicions, but never put on my journalist hat to investigate it. I didn't want to leave because of Amanda, and there was probably part of me that didn't really want to know. Then he accidentally called me one night while he was in the middle of, well, you know. He pocket-dialed you while he was with someone else? Libby asked. He did, Jamie said. That was the final straw, and I asked him for a separation. He had a heart attack less than a year later before we were officially divorced. He was actually out with another woman at that time, too. They were having dinner, and she was the one to call and tell me. Even though we weren't technically together, it still felt like such a betrayal. One last jab before he went. Oh, good heavens, Libby replied. I'm so sorry. That must have been absolutely terrible for you. It really was. I was so angry with him for such a long time. You know what, though? Just in these last few weeks, God has shown me how to forgive him. Not excusing his behavior, but releasing the burden of it, if that makes sense. And I can't help but think if Webb and I could talk through some of that. Her eyes filled with tears. That God will work both of your situations together for good, Libby finished. Jamie nodded again, and Libby pulled her into a tight hug, glancing at her watch behind Jamie's shoulder. Shouldn't be much longer, she thought, listening for the door. She'd texted Webb to come over around the time she thought they'd be done talking, and now she knew she was on the right track. She patted Jamie's back, let her go, and joined the rest of her group in the kitchen. Is she okay? Rosemary whispered. She'll be fine, Libby whispered back. You know we all tend to get things a little scrambled when our hearts take over our heads. Asked him to come over to give them a chance to straighten things out. Does he know she's here? Patty asked. Libby shook her head and grinned. Patty and Rosemary cackled but Martha Ann pursed her lips. You know, she said quietly, I would love to see both of them end up with some happiness after all they've gone through. Libby's face softened. Martha Ann and N.T. had been through a lot themselves a million years ago. He'll be here in a few minutes, Libby whispered. Y'all just be cool about it, okay? As Libby thought back to how much she'd prayed for the two of them over their lives, she chuckled and wondered if more than 40 years' worth of prayers might be about to be answered. Jamie sat silently, continuing to wonder what Webb was thinking when she heard a rustling behind her. She turned and saw Libby, Martha Ann, Patty, and Rosemarie at the sunroom door, staring at her as if she were a piece of furniture they couldn't decide where to put. Libby, you told them, she said accusingly. No, 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 I didn't tell them anything, Libby replied. It's just Everybody knows Webb's crazy about you. We all want both of you to be happy. The others nodded as Jamie put her drink on a coaster, stood, and headed toward the front door. I'm sorry, y'all, she said and shook her head. But I think I just need to go home and try to figure all this out another day. Jamie opened the front door to see Tanner getting out of his car he'd parked on the street in front of Libby's house, and Webb coming up the sidewalk. He was tan from the beach, his eyes as deep brown as ever, and the back of her neck warmed more than she could blame the humidity for. Webb froze, then looked from Jamie to Tanner, who was holding a bottle of champagne and a huge bouquet of flowers. 
Just the journalism professor I was looking for, Tanner said, breaking into a grin and brushing past Webb. I'm here to pick up your contract, and I thought I'd take you to dinner to celebrate another year of working with me and try to change your mind about the separate rooms this summer. Webb's face flushed. Then he turned on his heel and started back down the sidewalk. Oh my, Rosemary laughed, walking out of Libby's house, looking Tanner up and down and taking him by the arm. Aren't you just like the rooster that thinks the sun gets up in the morning to hear him crow? You look like you could use some sweet tea to go along with that champagne. Well, I actually came to talk with Jamie, he started to protest. Patty grabbed his other arm, and the two of them shuffled him up the porch steps and into the house. Jamie bit her lip as she watched Webb walk down the street, and Libby joined her on the porch. Jamie girl, she said, squeezing her arm. Are you going to give the man his contract? Oh, the contract. Oh, yes, Tanner, she called. It's on the table in the sunroom. Signed and ready to go. See you at work. Welcome home? Libby asked. Jamie felt a smile spreading across her face as she turned to Libby. It's good to be home, she said. That's my girl, Libby replied, then gestured her head in Webb's direction. Go get him. Jamie raised her eyebrows and Libby nodded once. Good luck to Tanner with that group, Jamie thought, as she took off running after Webb, who had reached the end of the block and turned toward his own house. Webb, wait, she called. He picked up his pace and started sprinting ahead of her. You'd better stop running, she yelled, as he showed no sign of slowing down. She chased him through the neighborhood streets, running faster than she had in months, and heels no less. A man was walking his dog on the sidewalk, and she darted around him into a yard, veering a little too close to a tree with a nest in a low branch. A mockingbird swooped at her, and she ducked and ran faster. Seriously, she muttered, as he continued running toward his house as fast as she'd seen him go in high school. She took off her shoes, inhaled a big breath, and picked up her pace as she crossed Deschler Street and finally caught up to him in his front yard. Webb, Brock, stop running, she panted. He spun around, the frustration evident on his face. Are you kidding? You're telling me to stop running? You're the one who's always running. You ran away from here the first chance you got, ran back to Connecticut. Now you're apparently running to Europe and running away from... He stopped, his mouth tightening. From us, she asked, still breathless. He turned his back on her again, storming past his freshly planted tuberoses and into his garden. She sighed and jogged after him, catching up with him between rows of corn. She grabbed his arm and threw her shoes on the ground. Look at me she said, slowing her breath, because last time I checked, you were the one running away from us. Well, fine then, maybe I am. So why don't you just run on back to him, he asked, gesturing in the direction of his mother's house. Who, Tanner? Are you crazy? There's nothing going on between Tanner and me. Why, after I texted, why didn't you? He looked at the ground and poked at it with his shoe. Good grief, I was trying to give you the time and space I thought you needed. Libby told me what happened. I know how heavy it's been for you to carry that around by yourself. He looked away, his jaw clenched and his chest rising and falling rapidly. She put her hand on his cheek and turned his face towards her. Hey, I'm drawing from a deeper well now, like you said. I am. You were right about that. So I took the time to pray, to give you some time too. Really? He muttered, his eyes still not quite meeting hers. Really, 
I didn't think you'd need forever. At least I was hoping you wouldn't. She paused, then tugged on his sleeve, her mouth pulling into a half-smile. And what was I supposed to say after that text, huh? Rotten boy. She let her hands drop into his, and he squeezed hers in return. They stared at each other a moment, their eyes both filled with tears. I've messed up so much. I just didn't think I could ever deserve you, and I didn't want to let you down, he whispered. The only way you can let me down is if you run away, she said. Don't run away from this web. Don't run away from us. This is a good thing God has given us, because I know you love me, and I love you. I love you. You hear me? I love... He engulfed her in his arms, squeezing her tightly as he lifted her off the ground. I love you, she murmured again. Her hand caressed the back of his neck as he continued to hold her, and she pressed herself into his chest. She couldn't get close enough to him. I love you too, he whispered. So much. Can you forgive me? Again? Give him my track record? I guess you better get used to hearing that. I forgive you. I love you. I can't seem to stop saying that, so you'd better get used to hearing it too. Letting her hands rest on his shoulders, she pulled him to her for a long kiss, her lips meeting his again and again. Then he pulled back and put both of his hands on the side of her face, his thumbs stroking her cheekbones. But really, please don't go, he said. Back to Connecticut, I mean, please stay here. I love you so much, and I can't bear the thought of you not being here. She wrapped her arms around his waist and buried her face in his chest, listening to his heart race. I'm not going anywhere, she said. What about Connecticut? He murmured, as she felt him take a long, slow breath into her hair, sending chills all the way down her body. I just went back to settle some stuff at the house there, get it ready to put on the market, she said, then turned her gaze up to meet his again, and to talk with Amanda. I told her this is home now. I actually told her I'm going to buy the Mayfield house, assuming you don't mind since you put it on my radar in the first place. If I don't buy it first, he said, letting his lips brush hers. She started in for another kiss when he pulled back. What about Europe? He asked, searching her eyes. Oh, right, I am going there. It's for the Freeman this summer. I'm going to be one of the faculty sponsors. Oh, yeah, he grinned. You'll be there with Lacey? Yeah, she said, keeping her arms locked around him. I, um, I actually thought it would help to give you a little more time, too, to figure things out here to just heal. But, hey, I guess you could always come see us if you want. Tanner wouldn't mind, he asked, a smile playing around his lips. So what if he does? He'll need to get used to you being around. She put her arms around his neck, then pulled him to her for another long kiss. If she'd known 25 years ago how incredible it would feel to be with him, she might never have left. But if she hadn't left, she wouldn't be the person she was now and she didn't want to waste any time thinking about what might have been when she could focus on what might still be. God really did work all things together for good, didn't he? Tell me one more time, Webb whispered, her skin tingling at his breath on her ear. He eased away, ran his hand down the side of her face, then pulled her back to him in a tight hug. She couldn't believe how much she loved this man. You're my best friend, she whispered in return. I'm so ridiculously in love with you, and I'm not running anywhere ever again if it's not with you.
Webb was considering wrapping up early and going to the river. The first Friday in August was hot enough to fry an egg on the sidewalk. He chuckled, remembering the time he and Jamie had tried it with not one, but one dozen eggs. Mama chewed us up and down the street for that, he thought, as he finished going through the last of the month's receipts. He heard the door open, but didn't look up right away. He was trying to figure out why there were two charges for George's dog food that month. Oh, that's right, he thought. I got him an extra bag to have on hand here so I wouldn't have to keep carting it from home. Hey, scrawny, he heard a soft voice come from the door to his office. Doc, what are you doing sneaking back a day early? Webb threw down the pile of receipts, ran around the desk, scooped up Jamie and swirled her around. She laughed and wrapped her arms around his neck and they hugged tightly. You miss me? she asked. I missed you, he said, kissing her lightly between each word. Two and a half months had felt like an eternity. Mm, not as much as I missed you, she said, letting her hand rest on his chest. He shook his head. Not a chance, he said. She lifted her face towards his, and he let his eyes examine every inch of it before pressing his lips into hers. As he kissed her, he wondered how he was still standing when his legs felt like they were turning to liquid. Well, maybe we could settle that over dinner, she replied sounding breathless as she finally pulled away. Or a race, he responded, raising his eyebrows in a challenge. No way, she said, pretending to scowl at him. That gives you an unfair advantage. You've got a few unfair advantages yourself, he said, and she blushed. I like making you blush, he whispered, as he kissed her ear, then her neck, then the collarbone he couldn't seem to get enough of. Her skin was glowing after a summer in the sun, and he could have sworn she had a couple of more freckles but her perfume was the same, and his head was already swimming at being so close to her, actually having her in his arms again. She pulled back and grinned at him. Where's George? In the back, defending his turf. What do you mean? He hadn't decided if he likes the new addition yet. Webb whistled loudly, and a clatter of paws came rustling in from the back room, George Jones running as fast as he could to Jamie, and a smaller brown basset right at his heels. Jamie knelt and wrapped her arms around her dog. Hey, buddy, she squealed. I missed you so much. Who's your friend? That's Tammy, Webb said. She's living up to her name so far and driving him crazy when she's not loving on him. As if on cue, the baby Bassett pushed underneath George and tried to climb in Jamie's lap. George gave a half growl and with his hefty body shoved her out of the way and sent her tumbling into the floor. Jamie laughed and picked her up. Hey there, cutie she said, scratching her behind the ears as the puppy licked her nose. George whined, and she gave him another squeeze and generous scratch. Don't be jealous, George. You know you're first in my heart. Webb cleared his throat and pretended to look offended. Jamie looked at him and laughed again. Oh, you know what I mean. Where'd she come from? Last of a litter from a patient. Thought she'd be a nice birthday present for you. Or a wedding present, whichever. What wedding? Jamie asked. Ours he responded, turning serious and feeling as nervous as the one time he'd asked her out in high school. She'd turned him down then, but he was hoping for an opposite answer this time. You'll have me. She put the puppy on the floor, stood, and walked over to Webb, her eyes wide. His heart pounding in his ears, he took both of her hands and stared at them. I've spent the summer working on things, not just the garden and the houses, working on me. I've been spending a lot of time with God and I don't mind telling you I went back to counseling, too, and it helped with dealing with it all. 
last year especially, the things I could have done differently, how to learn from my mistakes without constantly beating myself up, how to grieve and move forward at the same time. I was thinking maybe we could go together too, you know, start things off on the right foot with each other and with God. He smiled and finally let himself look at her. I know it's kind of fast, and if you want to wait to make it official, we can, but Jamie, I don't think I can wait another day without at least knowing for sure that you'll marry me at some point. I love you so much, and I guess I just want to know if you're okay to be stuck with me forever. He shrugged. Is this the worst marriage proposal you've ever gotten? No, she laughed and squeezed his hands, tears in her eyes. No, it's not the worst, or no, you won't marry me. Still holding his hands, she leaned into him and kissed him firmly. Oh, I'll marry you, she said. I'll marry the heck out of you. Yeah? Yeah, just tell me when and where, she said, bringing her arms up to rest on his shoulders. I'll race you down the aisle anytime. You know I don't deserve you, he whispered, wrapping his arms around her waist again. Well, thank God none of us get what we deserve, right? She said, her fingers teasing the back of his neck. Hey. Maybe we can write another verse to Two-Story House, give it a happier ending once the contractor's finished with ours. Oh, Webb, I still can't believe she's really ours. I still can't believe you're really mine, he replied, cupping her chin in his hand, then pulling it gently to him. He let his lips meet hers again, softly at first, then more insistently, as he wondered if she could feel the decades of love in his kisses. A clatter of feet interrupted them, and he reluctantly pulled away and glanced behind his desk. Oh, look at that, he said. They watched as Tammy walked into her crate, turned three times and plopped down, curled into a tight ball. George stretched out beside the crate and promptly fell asleep. We should have about half an hour before she wakes up and starts bugging George again. Feel like a run? Webb asked. Only if you're running with me, Jamie replied.